Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello! And it's our goal to podcast, and that's what we're doing these days. Yep. And so, we're going to try and bring you some birding news. Well, you are. What are you going to try and do? I'm going to... I just want to dance. Dance, dance! I'm going to dance my feelings out about birds. All right. All right, here we go. But okay. that's not going to work on the podcast. So let's move on to what... Oh, you could totally... I You do your interpretive dance, and then right. I can uh, describe what you're doing on sure. Twitter, so... And we're here on the... Port- no, that's golf, isn't it? They, yeah. They have the... Okay, sorry. But I'm sure there's a podcast that would like that. So, actually, while we're talking about podcasts... Why don't they do golf as a podcast? And we're here, it's like, here we go. And he's moving to I'm the 14th I'm fairly green. confident there are golf podcasts out there. No, I mean, like, where they're actually describing... I'm sure they're gone. It's like Rule 34. It's the sure. same with podcasts. If you think of it, someone has made a podcast about if, it. If, if a fandom exists, there's a golf podcast about yes. it? Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> no, actually, uh. but while we were talking of podcasts, I've been listening to the two new birding podcasts that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, out with the Birds, which I think is the Bird Watchers Digest one with Bill Thompson and Ben Lisdis. Yes. And then there's the American Birding Podcast, which is the American Birding Association podcast. Right. And um, their this, new podcast. This American Bird? <laughs> no, you can't make that joke. Oh. Because the other Bird Watchers Digest podcast that comes up periodically, but not regularly, mm-hmm. is This Birding Life. I really wish there was uh, like an anti-bird chick podcast. Oh, why like do a you fan, too? Like a fan cast where they just like... You know, do savage reviews of it. Like if Jason Manzukas was on that, just like completely like talking about like. How... I would wet myself if Jason oh, Manzukas like broke down our podcast and how terrible. Well, we talked it is. about that at one point that I should come on and do like Jason Manzukas as the uh, as the bird. Hey, dum dums, you can see buildings. Don't fly into them, you idiots. This is next level bananas. <laughs> this Ross is gull. Oh, oh I my love God. Jason Manzucas so much. I All love right. Jason Manzucas too. And, and here's the thing. If you're ever looking for other podcasts that are better than this one, just look. Just, <laughs> Give up. Just Google Jason Manzucas yeah. podcast. Listen to How Did This Get Made. That's a good one. But I mean, yeah. seriously, like Jason Manzucas on Gilmore Guys. Oh, Gilmore Guys is a good podcast as it is. But Jason Manzucas on Gilmore Guys is. I love him. Best. I love him. I love his crazy energy. He is. I wish, like any podcast, like I would, I would, I was listening to, I started listening to a movie podcast by these people whose writing I really respect, but they're just so respectable of them. Thank you for that opinion. That's so interesting. Here's what I thought about this new film. I just, I really wish Jason Manzucas was on there, like saying, hey, dum dums. I would, I would, I would pay a lot of money to have Jason Manzukas on this podcast to talk about birds. Because even when he says something that I completely disagree sure. with, I, I, I love it. Like, oh no, he's completely hilarious. He and I very much disagree about Logan Huntsberger on uh, the Gilmore Girls. But... Oh god, if you could take Jason Manzukas bird watching, that would be amazing. Like get him up at four o'clock in the morning to drive someplace to. He be would there probably at get o'clock. me up. He'd be like, yeah. "Let's do this! Come on, let's go." All right, what stories do we have to talk about? I need this to be a short one. I do not have okay, a well, long Okay, well, I do. Well, since, since we've since we uh, got into the whole thing about mm-hmm. podcasting, uh, yeah. I've listened to the recent podcasts, uh, the two new podcasts that have started because I'm excited because one of the reasons why I started this burning podcast was in the hopes that someone would be like, "This podcast sucks." I can do a so much better job than these two idiots. Yes, and and who I come think into this with no preparation whatsoever, and they just drink. What? Yeah, what? Did I tell you somebody like? Uh, 
hired me for consulting on a podcast because of our podcast. Uh, that's insane, but I was good. Like, sh- I, th- I was like, is this a scam? So what you're saying is we're a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this birding life. Yeah. Uh, no, that, no, that's something. It's out with the birds. For <laughs> fuck birds. Life is, is, fuck them all. Yeah, fuck them all. Kill them all. Is, um, so it's Ben Listis and Bill Thompson III mm-hmm. uh, over at Birdwatcher's Digest. If you Bill have, Thompson the third. That's not what he sounds like. You've met Bill Hello, Thompson. Hello, I'm Bill Thompson. You pet his dog. Excuse me? Yeah, you did. Um, so BT3, if you like Ben Listis, if you've met Ben Listis, if you've met Bill Thompson, you're like, you guys are cool dudes. I can listen to you talk all the time. It's it's them. And they do the news, but they do it mm-hmm. in a bit more respectful way than you and I do. <laughs> you would almost have to, I would say. <laughs> so, and they they talk about the birding news, probably even some of the same stories you and I are going to talk about. And um, they come at it with well-thought-out answers. Uh, oh, God, that sounds horrible. I know. It's not like us where it's like, let me just... Let's just go with my gut here. Let me just go right. with what the gin is telling me tonight. I know. If you know me well, you're like, wait, did Sharon say gin? Because she drinks Jameson. And I it's know. like, nope, tonight, I'm, I'm. this is why the podcast has to be short. Because yeah. uh, I, I'm on my third martini. Yeah. And it's going to be table dancing time. You've only had two martinis. Two martinis. So anyway, uh, it's, anyway, Bill Thompson the third and okay. Ben Listis. And we're going to have well thought out links guys. to that on the website. Of course. The other podcast is the American Birding Podcast. Okay. First couple episodes, if you've only listened to the first couple episodes, and you're like, uh, some sound issues, all podcasts have that. Oh, yeah. But, I like it. It's like some weird underground radio station that's just talking about birds, and talking about, like, finer ID points. Like, it's, you have to drive up to the high hill on the outside yes, of town. Yeah, and, yeah, know, I was listening to it in the dark the other night when foil. I had, like, some, uh, sure. you know, and, and they have segments. Okay. And they have people coming in to discuss ID tricks and then uh, records being broken. Cool. So, I mean, if you're really into the whole listing minutia, mm-hmm. or Good. you're into the finer points of identification, or you just want to listen to something weird, like it's some I'm, kind of weird AM, what the hell is going on here? Look, here's what I want to tell people. It's like, if you have any interest at all in podcasting please do it mm-hmm. it's it's still the wild west if you are listening to us to be idiots and talking about the news and you just really love your county list or you want to talk about i would listen to bird, someone who just had a county list if, podcast yeah if you just want to go through like like the bent histories of everything and just talk about that Shh, that's a podcast Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So anyway, so don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Never, ever do that. But just, like, you can totally do a podcast, because we really need... More like, birding podcasts. Well, I don't need that. Let me. When I say we, I mean everyone else except me. Like, you can do this. Even if it's just your crummy internal mic on your computer, just start and learn how to do it. There are tons of tutorials out there. It's really fun. You can no. do it in a short amount okay, of time. Okay, so and, this yeah. was published on May 22nd, 2016. Yeah. Eight golf podcasts you should be listening to right Perfect. Now. There you go. There are not eight birding podcasts out there. Do it because it's fun. It yeah. is something that is, it's like when people are painting. It's like, oh, you think you're going to sell that for a million dollars? No, it's because I enjoy painting. Do this if you, if, if you think it would be interesting to talk to just the people around you. Yeah, I was talking to someone once who was thinking about starting a podcast and they were like, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to do that. I'm like... No, there's no that. you're allowed to do that. There's no there's no rules in podcasting. Yeah, the first rule about podcasting is 
Well, you don't talk about your podcast. No, you absolutely do. You talk oh, about your oh. podcast all the time okay. to get people to listen to them. Anyway, so there are two new podcasts out there. Listen to them. Give them feedback. Give them reviews on and iTunes. Give them some encouragement. It, to and I making. know that there are like people who are making a living off podcasts and they have like professional radio facilities behind. There is still a lot of room for weird podcasts out there. Those so, are the ones I'm after. Except for Beautiful yeah. Anonymous. That is, I yeah. think, my favorite non-birding podcast there's, right now. There's, it's... Do it. It's fun. It's yeah. a really fun hobby. Please do it because I want podcasts to listen to. And right now there are only yeah. two other birding podcasts I can listen to. And if you are saying Sharon Steitler, and you're saying Sharon Steitler, not Sharon Stittler. Sharon Steitler, right. you're wrong. There are other birding podcasts out there. Let me know. Let yeah. me know. And, and then not only let me know that there is this other birding podcast out there. Let me know why I should like it. Because we right. want to talk about it on this podcast. Okay. So okay. actual news. birding news that's going down right now. There was some Ross's gull drama. Okay. Lay so it here's on me. the thing. Here's Those the goddamn thing. Goddamn Ross's gulls. No, it's it's not. It's winter. This is when birders start arguing on all the listservs and the Facebook pages about our. Is this owl? The Facebook pages. No, there was an actual argument. I'm not going to say where it was, but it's a birding page that has rules about whether or not you can post. An it owl rhymes location. with and <laughs> Association. But whether or not you can post an owl location, sure. and if it's roosting, you can't post it. A roosting owl was posted, and when someone was it like, rhymes with Zodavon Society. Yeah. It's like, oh, but, but, but it doesn't count if it's a snowy <laughs> owl. Anyway, any who, any the who, any the who. So, um, so this is last year the gull drama. It was right here in Minnesota, and we were part of it because we had an ivory gull. And then the ivory gull was found dead, and everybody was upset. Mm, and then sure. people were posting on the list of, no, I'm looking at the ivory gull right now. And everyone's like, yo, dude, pics, or it didn't happen. And pics happened, and suddenly it was like, oh, MFG, there were two ivory gulls. And all the people who were like, I needed to go get that ivory gull, and I didn't think it was going to, and now I can get it. So anyway, it was, it was hilarious drama. Right. So this year, the drama is a Ross's gull. Kind okay. of a pearlescent gull. Ooh, a pearlescent gull. No, I mean, it's kind of pink. But it's not like what you would call flamingo pink. It's kind of like, you know, the pink that you would find inside of an oyster. I feel like you're trying to sell me a used Honda now, so let's just move on to the actual story. No, the Ross's gull. If you were going to go look for a gull, mm-hmm. it's a nice looking gull. I mean, okay. it's not just white and gray. What do I have to do to put you in this gull today? <laughs> so... Let me talk to my manager, and I can see if I can get you an extra 150 on the trade-in. I can't promise anything. Does He's a real hardest about this. Does it have a remote start? It does. It does have a remote start. Uh, that's, you know... What about cruise control? That is the selling point. I want cruise control more than I want remote start. I can see if we can put that in. That's an optional extra. I'm not paying extra. more than 150 okay. for a remote All right. start. Well, see, I think you. we can do that, because I really, I really, I think I can get you a good trade-in. How many miles does this Ross's skull have on I'm it? I'm going to have to check with uh, our mechanic on that so anyway back to the story with the age this gull is yeah. if it's got more than thirty six thousand miles on it whatever price you're giving me is that's not robbery. gonna be a problem this ross's gull was owned by a little old lady she drove it once a week to visit her sister like this kept bird it, got yeah. flooded didn't it no 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 she kept it in the garage the entire time i think there's a problem with the upholstery because she might have smoked but other than that this ross's gull that you better ionize really, the shit out of it if it was we a will smoking ionize gull. it we will shoot it with an ion cannon from the rebel base on hoth <laughs> all right so all right. there was a ross's gull there was a ross's gull. Is... there was a ross's yeah, yeah. gull so I noticed all my birding friends on the social <laughs> medias were just like, OMG, Ross is gone. I'm like, oh, that's great. And it's in California. 
I think Half Moon Bay is where it was. Sure. And oh my God. Half Moon Bay. Okay. Sorry. Continue the story. I don't want to distract you. No, I, no, no. Go for it. No, it's no. Just a Sailor I'll, Moon no, thing. I, no, I got to come back to this at the end. Finish the story. Okay. I'm not even sure it was Half Moon Bay. All right. I'm pretty sure That's it was fine. Half Moon. Anyway. So, like, even, like, my friends in Texas, like, I just booked my tickets. I'm going for a Ross's Girls. It's going to be great. And so, my friends are flying Is out there. Is that what your friends in Texas sound like? That's what a lot of my friends sound like to me. <laughs> or they sound like Elmer. Like, oh, my goodness. I, I, I okay, you I need got... to talk louder. You okay. Like, you got them in like, yeah. There's a Ross's Girl out in California. So, yeah. um, they're all going for it. And then... Somebody on one of those like, hey, FYI, it got eaten by a peregrine today. And then someone's like, picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> and so somebody posted their eBird oh, list. God. And the great thing about eBird now is that you can update. So there are two eBird lists, and one eBird list is, you know, showing the Ross's gull, this beautiful pearlescent gull. Sure. And uh, it's, and the, it documents the valiant attempts of two peregrine falcons that flew in. It's like, oh, hey, look at that kind of pinkish gull down mm. there that sticks out from the rest of them. Let's go for it. And how, you know, the gull did all these acrobatics to mm. avoid it. And, and then that was the end of that eBird list. And then a few minutes later, they do an updated eBird list. And it includes the peregrine falcon, a picture of it, yeah. flying away with the Ross's gull in its talons. Uh. And so, you know... Much like uh, Ben Kenobi. So, what, feeling... was the, what was the post-reaction to that information? This is one of the things that I love about birding. And not being a hardcore lister, it's, I, I love the drama and aftermath. Because all of a sudden it went to, maybe we have too many peregrines. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> That's a great takeaway. No, because, want. no, no, Bill, you don't understand. You don't understand. Peregrines have been reintroduced. They're also nesting now in places that we didn't They're anticipate. also a native species. Well, you know, and, and then, so then the thing comes like, hey, guys, you know what? With rarities, you know, most of them end up getting eaten. And to which someone says, have we really studied what happens to rarities? Maybe they could survive, and this is how, and, and maybe because we have this introduced population of peregrines. Well, then, you remember years ago when the peregrines were reintroduced and I showed you that book that was written by a falconer that was like, you know, peregrines shouldn't have been reintroduced. The numbers were always inflated and they shouldn't be in the mm. Midwest anyway. It's like the big conspiracy to try and take uh, falconry peregrines away from falconers. Brilliant. So that started getting into it. It's like, well, maybe birders should have been consulted about where peregrines were introduced. And it's like, wow, we have gone there. We have gone from... right. Oh, remember when peregrines were cool to, oh, wait, they're killing the rarities? Mm, maybe we have too many of them. I really hate people. Are you are you done with this story? No, 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 not now? quite, not okay, quite. finish the story. Someone was asking, so then on one of my bird pages I was on, someone asked, like, so which is better, Ross's gull or ivory gull? <laughs> to which the immediate response was, ask a peregrine. Oh! <laughs> right over, mic drop. Everybody, good, go home now. This has been the Bird Chip Podcast. And this is what I love about oh, when rarities show up. And I and I don't mean to be callous about a bird losing its life here. But another bird ate it. Yeah, but but here's the thing: when you work in biology, wildlife, nature is horrible. <laughs> Awful things happen. Sure. Horrific things happen. So you do kind of build up this callousness because. As we're doing this podcast right now, 
You and I are lovingly feeding our rabbit, hand-feeding it cilantro. (laughs) Bill is actually petting our rabbit right now. I have been in the wild, and I have seen birds kill rabbits in horrific ways. Oh, yeah. And and so I have this kind of, like, division of if it's in the house, I care about it, and I'm Mm going to cry about it. If it's outside, it's like, oh, that's too bad. No, there was a Facebook memory that came up when you went out hunting with a falcon or with a hawk who went out hunting rabbits. Not just any like, hawk; it was a goshawk. Yeah, my like, favorite hawk. Yeah, it was just like that's that's this is an animal that exists in the wild to provide and this 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 nourishment a, for predators. That's, yeah, yeah. Know, and this goshawk was eating the rabbit. This wasn't yeah. like oh, we're just going to kill this rabbit and leave it here. No, yeah. this this was the food for the goshawk for yeah. the day. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that doesn't, you know, it's like when we went to a restaurant that had rabbit. I'm not going to eat that, but I don't care if, you know, if, if we were out and we saw a, a hawk or a fox or whatever, like, menacing a rabbit, I would not chase the hawk away. I was like, oh, this is this is the cycle of life. This does not. No, but it's it just, goes. well, I think, I well, I'll, I'll put it in the thing. I, I made, like, one yeah. of those Joker loses your mind memes. Yeah. Like, peregrines eat nighthawks all the time, yeah. and nobody cares. But if one little rarity gets eaten, then everybody yeah. loses their minds. All right. But no, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you could make an argument that the reintroduction of peregrine falcons contributed to the decline of night, nighthawks in urban areas. Oh, sure. It's like when they reintroduced uh, the one owl that ate the other owl. Was it, they were trying to Oh, that was yeah. in Indiana. That was when I was yeah. growing up. They were trying to reintroduce barn owls. And my parents looked into yeah. having them reintroduced yeah. in our property. And we were told that, no, we had too many great horned owls and uh, they the yeah, barn yeah. owls. Oh, but prop- well, but territory overlaps. Yeah, and there's also the issue with the barn, mm-hmm. with the, oh, not barn, barred owl mm-hmm. and spotted owl, where their territories overlap, that the barred owl is more aggressive. And, and sure. so there are plans in place to mitigate. Mm-hmm. The barred owl and spotted owls areas. And that basically means they're going to get rid of the barred owls to make room for the spotted mm-hmm. owls. But, the, but I mean, the argument with the Nighthawk, and this is not something, this is not an official paper that's out there. But if you look at the decline of common Nighthawks in urban areas, there is some decline after peregrine falcons move into the area. And traditionally, peregrine falcons may not have been in that area because peregrine falcons are cliff nesters. And when we were trying to reintroduce peregrine falcons in the 80s, on the cliffs where they traditionally were, great horned owls were eating them. So the decision was made, like, well, let's do it on skyscrapers. And skyscrapers are built habitat, the new habitat for them. It worked, and that's great. But birds that had learned to live in that habitat suddenly have to deal with a predator they've never had to deal with mm. before. And nighthawks also get some issues with uh, American crows eating their eggs. But I think if you look at some of the, at least the stuff that we had at the Raptor Center and some of the stuff that we had out for the public to read, it talked about how in some of those early peregrine falcon nests in metro areas, how many nighthawk wings, and in some cases were the predominant prey left behind in the nest. It's like, wow, nighthawks are in the decline and we want to talk about this we want to do something about it it's like maybe peregrines have something to do with that but oh wait suddenly a peregrine eats a ross's skull and people are like wait whoa 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 a rarity got eaten maybe we have too many peregrine falcons. but it's because they they didn't get to see it so okay so are we on with the story now no so here's my yes we are so here's my sidebar <laughs> are you trying to bird splain no i'm trying to bird end because we've been talking about this for far too long here's my sidebar uh half moon bay mm-hmm. is where they shot birdemic Oh, Shock sh- and terror. So I think you need to post a GIF uh, on this story of the uh, 
the horribly gift uh, computer-generated birds, like, menacing people. It's like, oh, no, Peregrine Falcons no, attacking you, murders. You told me to put a gif of this up. You have to look for that gif. And oh, I'll put totally it in there find it. My, yourself. I probably have it, like, 18... No, I don't know where to put it. I don't it even think they movie. actually had Peregrine Falcons in that. It was mostly turkey vultures and bald It was eagles. terrible. Anyway, yeah. it was terrible. Half right. Moon Bay. What's our next story? It was in Half Moon Bay where um, the birds of the Hitchcock movie is set. Uh, it's entirely possible because uh, the director of that movie was uh, influenced by Hitchcock. Terribly influenced, but he was influenced because it's his homage to the birds. Don't, like, you're, you're chewing on your lip, which is not good audio. No, I was suddenly thinking about Mel Brooks's high anxiety high and the pigeons. anxiety. Yeah, that would not surprise me if uh, that took place in Half Moon Bay. All right, what's our next story? The New York Times has a story uh, that we have alluded to before. Okay. But the title, the, the headline is, is a good grabber. When the national bird is a burden. A burden. Okay. A burden. All right, so American Eagles. Bald eagles. There's Being no assholes. such species as American Eagle. I think if you go to the Mall of America, you'll find several stores that will prove you wrong. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lay the lay the lay, line, lay their truth bomb on me. This about is the bald this eagle. is another story about someone who is a poultry farmer. Okay, trying to keep a lot of chickens, mm-hmm. trying to do as best he can by having those chickens outdoors. Sure, uh, trying to move them around mm-hmm. along with his cattle, and some bald eagles showed up, and he was like, you know what? This is you know they're going to eat the sick ones. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I guarantee you will never get a diseased chicken from me because the eagles are picking off the diseased ones. Sure. That's great. And it's all well and good when it's just a handful of eagles. Sure. But then when there's like 24 eagles a winter, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. and like taking out a good chunk of your farm. And like in some cases, like, you know, like 18, 20 percent mm-hmm. of your flock. You don't have a lot of recourse because not only are bald eagles protected under the Migratory mm-hmm. Bird Treaty, they're also protected under the Bald and Golden Eagle Act. Sure. And so when you try to go to U.S. Fish and Wildlife and say, hey, this is happening, this is this, is, mm-hmm. they're like... We need to see the proof. And it's like, well, the eagles are flying away with some of the carcasses right. and all this. And it's like, well, so research goes into it. The guy tries to apply for a depredation permit and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And they're like, well, with bald eagles, uh, or, you know, with depredation for chickens and all this, um, you would need to leave, lose 40% of your flock. Jesus. And it's like, that's that's out of the question. So that's essentially, excessive. well, then the argument came back, well, of... You know what? One of the reasons why we moved chickens indoors to industrial mm-hmm. farming yes. was to avoid bald eagles. Yes. But there are a lot of us that now realize, hey, a bunch of chickens crammed into teeny tiny cages indoors. Not healthy. It's not healthy for the chickens. It's not healthy for us. Right. And so it's trying to find this balance of a farmer who is trying to raise chickens outdoors. Yep. Pre-range farming chickens. Yep. We have a lot of bald eagles now. And trying to find a way to, to get them the support that they need when they lose their flock to bald mm-hmm. eagles. Trying to keep the Migratory Bird Treaty and the Bald Eagle Act intact. And to try and avoid these industrial farm situations. Yeah, and let me say, and this gets into, and, I mean, and let me be clear, I do not have an answer for this. No. Straight up. But one of the things I've talked about before is as happy I am that we have the Endangered as Species happy I Act. Am. Yes. That we have the Endangered Species Act and all these other protections. The problem, part, I'm sorry, part of the problem is when animals are put on these lists, 
to protect them and their habitat, there are well-intentioned people who fight as hard as possible to make sure they never come off this list, even if the animal comes back and, like we talked about, the peregrine well, yeah, but and I things mean, like in this. In this case, the eagles are off the endangered species list. Good. Like the I'm, I'm amazed that happened because it it also protects their habitat and things like that, and people we, don't want them to. Unlike when we first started this podcast, we now have bald eagles in every state of the United States mm-hmm. except for Hawaii, which they should not be in Hawaii. Maybe we should put them there. Maybe that's why Hawaii wasn't on the ABA list until just recently. <laughs> Maybe that'll solve some of their introduced species Hawaii, problems yeah. so Hawaii think, away. Does Hawaii think they're better than the rest of us? No. What's up, Hawaii? But, but... So, yeah, so... So, eagles are not endangered anymore. Maybe we need to... Do you really want to start having it like we can shoot the national symbol? Do you realize what a fart in church that is? It is. But then you would explain to people, these are not endangered birds. The thing that gets me with, with these stories that are coming out, and I, we've linked to one that was in Audubon, and now we're linking to one that's in the New York Times, sure. uh, is that in my early days of giving programs... Back in my day. Back in my day, we used to wear an onion on a belt, which was the style at the time. Yeah. But no, back... When I was learning how to give bird programs with mm-hmm. birds of prey, and I was trained in, <laughs> what? I'm sorry, just, I was giving birds of pro- birds programs with chickens. <laughs> I did actually have to do that for a little. Don't you remember the preschoolers? Oh the yes. Chicken? Yeah, yeah. Don't I don't uh, anyway. Mm. I love preschoolers. I don't like giving programs to preschoolers. Mm. I would much rather work with seventh graders. Anywho, but when we had the birds of prey programs, and you would talk about. Like, oh, this bird was persecuted and shot because people thought it was eating their livestock. Oh, yeah. the, the, the thing that you were supposed to say, which I firmly believed, and I thought it was true, was like, well, that didn't really get... It was probably killed by a fox or a coyote, mm-hmm. and, you know, this bird just happened to be scavenging on it. Mm-hmm. And now that we're having this resurgence of having chickens outdoors, sure. like they, they were back in the times when birds of prey were mm-hmm. persecuted, it's like, oh, shit, everything is eating everybody's chickens. And uh, case in point, we have had uh, very good friends who keep chickens. Mm-hmm. Their chickens are like Dougal. I mean, their chickens all have they're names. Pets. They're, they're pets. They're pets. They're pets. They're pets that happen to provide eggs. Right. But these these girls are never going to become roasters. These right. girls are all. They're just going to provide eggs, and that's it. Yeah. But I mean, they had one that got killed by a hawk, and it was killed by a goshawk. I'm like, oh, that's the coolest hawk you can get. Well, now that it's been successful, your chicken yeah. is going to come back. But they've also recently posted pictures of foxes that yeah. have been checking their chickens out, and it's like, oh shit, maybe birds of prey were more of a thing. Well, I, okay, I, it's 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 a difficult uh, path to tread because a like it's like I said, our friends who are people who are raising domestic. Mm-hmm. chickens and things like that which i think this qualify even though these it's it's a pet it's not something that you are raising it's not like you're out in the frontier days this animal is going to keep you alive yeah like you are raising this for eggs and for yes. to be a yes. fryer like so if an animal eats this this is a threat to your actual survival, survival as a human yeah. being yeah but the also the, the issue is okay, great. We we did this so we could bring back a little bit of the wilderness. Okay, the wilderness is coming back, and now we need to deal with issues of okay, how what's what are acceptable losses here? And I, again, I agree with you. I think forty percent is is a very high. But being that's diver- like especially that's, for somebody who's running a commercial operation. Well, but the 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 where 
USDA and US Fish and Wildlife is coming out, it's like, oh, if you're having a problem with your chickens because it's expected that you're keeping them indoors, yeah. in order to get anything from us, you have to have a 40% loss. Yeah. That means there's been some disease that's broken out in your chicken right. factory. Whereas if you're someone that's like, I'm trying to get free a, range, I open range, free range. Chickens, I, wanted, yeah. I want these girls to have the best life that they can right. until they have one really bad day right. and then you and I get to eat them. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to keep this operation going because it's there's a lot of high cost. Yeah, and then you get into the and then, things. But I mean, if an eagle is eating fifteen percent of your and then crop, you get into the things that and we've talked about this before on the podcast where people are illegally trapping and killing raptors because they don't have a recourse. But I mean, and this also get, I'm sorry. The point I was trying to make earlier was um, when you talk about the persecution, it was also the issue of back in the day of. N- Nigelti, when did, when did was she oh, writing? Oh, that was like the early 1900s. Early 1900s, it was also this idea that animals had a morality. Yeah. Like, chickens were good because they provided nourishment for people. Uh, raptors were evil. They were sent by the devil to hunt down and kill these things. And were, I would you know... argue that there's still going to be a morality. Because mm. honestly, when I'm trying to look at the world these days sure. and trying to understand people who disagree with me, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, all of us, we just want to live as good a life of, as possible with oh, sure. with our family unit. Yeah. So if your family unit includes, in our case, a rabbit, mm-hmm. or if your family unit includes a chicken, yeah. and a bird of prey comes and takes it, you're going to see that bird of prey. You're going to be angry at it. You're going to want to hurt it. Oh, you're sure. going to want to... You're going to want to cause as much hurt to that predator as it has caused to you emotionally. And... and No, I, I agree with that. So I, I don't know if we've necessarily gotten away from the whole... Yeah, but I mean, it's evil. like... Because, I mean, we have a rabbit. The only thing our rabbit produces is hair and poop. Lots of poop. So no, he fertilizes a, a lot of strawberries. So I would imagine that the benefit of a chicken is, hey, I can eat these eggs. Awesome. I'm fantastic. I'm going to be great with this. So, but just this... But also, if you're looking at something as being your livelihood and your family, sure. and you're trying to go to the government for help where you can get these yeah. subsidies, and the government is saying, no, not quite, because these are the way we've written the rules, and you don't fit right. into that model. And the rules are written for industrial farms, not, for, like, well, not for organic hard, farms or free-range how farms. How hard would it be for me to put out a poison carcass and just take care of this problem? Yeah. And, there, and this is something... How likely, how likely are you to be caught? And if you look at some of the news stories pretty recently, yeah. there have been a rash of birds of prey poisonings on around some chicken farms on the East Coast yeah. in the last few months. And it's they're not getting the recourse they need from the federal government. And I think too, ma- too many of us, and I'm going to include myself mm-hmm. in this, I'm like, well, that's Eagles, that's what they're going to do. We need to be... I, no, I mean, even if you're... We need, I, let me finish. Please. We need to be... Let me finish. Let me finish. Please, let me finish. Rhubarb, 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 watermelon, watermelon. No. We need to be... If And you and I are this consumer. We want chickens that have had the best life if they're going to give us eggs. If we're going to eat them. Mm -hmm. If we're going to get that and get that in a way that's affordable to us, for us. We need to find a way to deal with this problem. And hopefully that way to deal with that problem is to find a way to protect those chickens in a non-lethal form with the bald mm-hmm. eagles. And if that is not possible for the farmer, find a way to get them subsidized the way someone else is going to be subsidized. I wonder if there's a way, because I remember the, the whole thing about the uh, the fainting goat mm-hmm. was that they, that was uh, bred uh, so that sheep could be protected, like if wolves came by. The goat would faint, and then the wolves would eat the goat, and hopefully give the you know mm-hmm. 
the shepherd time to run over and, and chase it off. Do we need a do we need a fainting goose? A fainting Canada goose. Specifically. A fainting can- <laughs> and then, the and then you yeah. run over it when you the hear all the sacrificial yes. goose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, maybe. That's, that's cheap. Or maybe it. just have a sacrificial fainting goat with yeah. your chickens. Basically, you have to pay the whole it's, legal mafia. So, good. I mean, that's. I'm glad you brought that up. That is a difficult issue to deal with. In but terms I, I'm of... just saying that a lot of us out there that are carnivores, no, it, with, yes. with that are carnivores, yeah. and we watch birds. I know. We need to understand that some of the birds we watch are cause. I don't want to say causing problems. No, there's a huge disconnect between. Oh, I'm going to raise this as, oh, I'm going to live in the city and raise chickens and I'm going to be wild and organic and stuff. And then you are, you are, by placing yourself within nature, you are creating this predator prey situation because guess what? Birds of prey are everywhere. Well, that's like our former neighbor, Kate and Bob. Yes. Yeah. And they have chickens. And I mean, this is a very urban Minneapolis area. Oh, yeah. in our old neighborhood. I know Jeremy's going to take issue with this, but we're just going to call it the uptown area yes. of Minneapolis, which is, it's a very urban area. And they had chickens in their backyard, their big yard. Chickens were well taken care of. And she would put on Facebook that she had peregrines checking them out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you have Cooper's hawks checking out your chickens. You do not have peregrines. She's like, no, no, no. I saw it up close. It was sitting on a telephone wire. And I'm like, I know for a fact this is a Cooper's hawk because you just don't see story. peregrines <laughs> sitting on wires. And right. she's like, I know this. And I was like, pics or it didn't happen. Exactly. By God, she sent me a picture, and it's a peregrine perched on a wire in her uptown Minneapolis backyard. And I'm like, and it's checking at her chickens, and I'm like, huh. And it's this whole issue, and and please understand, I am talking about myself here. It's this whole Disney view of of nature, where oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be. Playing the banjo music for Mr. Chicken as he's going to get his... And then, of course, comes the evil cello music of the peregrine and the dark music darkens. No, I mean, I it's love like, birds of prey. But the thing is, right. is like the school I was taught when we were giving programs, like, oh, these birds if, disappeared because of DDT and because people were shooting if them. If we were out with our rabbit and a bird of prey ate it, I would be so unimaginably angry. I would understand that that was our fault. Yeah. That the bird, that yeah. a bird of prey got our... I would be... Now I'm trying to think. Would I defend... I would defend our rabbit. The problem... Yeah. So, anyway, so... So, this guy, I completely get his... Like, these are not pets. This is his business. He is raising, like, what was it? Tens of thousands of birds. Like, thousands of birds. And, like... yeah. Yeah, chickens. Well, chickens are birds. And, like, they were being taken. And, like, this affects his livelihood. Him taking care of his family. Like, him providing this business that he was trying to do and trying to do ethically. Let's talk about this. It wasn't like he was trying to just, yeah, you know, he's, ramrod he's trying these chickens. To find, but he's still feeling like he's getting the runaround from I'm, the federal government. I'm sure he is. And I feel bad for these government employees because these rules were written like, oh, okay, well, here are these health and safety rules that we've created so that, you know, massive chicken farms uh, aren't aren't creating diseases. So, so, so remember back when I was working at this bird of prey education facility mm-hmm. and you were talking about, like, what we were both talking about, would we defend our rabbit if a bird of prey came mm-hmm. down on it? Yes. Remember the time that I went in to get that red-tailed hawk? And I... So we had... This particular bird was imprinted on humans. It was a yeah. young red tail. And I went to get it. And the, the thing is, is like you had your hand that had the glove that the bird would sit on. That would be your left hand. And so I did that and I got the bird to, to stand on that glove. And then I went to wrap its leash around to keep it from yeah. you safe. And as I was doing that, 
it grabbed my ungloved hand. I remember So it this, had yes. one foot on my gloved hand, and then it was trying to kill my left hand, or my right hand. And it was like, you have both my hands. I can't open the door or do anything to get out of here. And I, I remember, know what to do. because I was in the other room thinking... Sharon's been gone for a really long time. So meanwhile, I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, it's like, okay, animals sense fear, so try to keep calm. But at the same time, it's digging its tail. It has pierced the skin at this point. Mm-hmm. And and so your inclination when something has, has pierced your skin in multiple mm-hmm. places is to kind of wriggle and get loose. Yep. The raptor's inclination when it's doing that mm-hmm. is to, oh, this isn't dead. I need to squeeze harder. And so it would do that, and so I would stop moving. And when I would stop moving, it would dig down to try and open up my hand to eat it. Mm -hmm. And I remember I would kind of shake my hand to get it to not eat my hand, but it would keep squeezing to kill it. And I was like, I can't move my hand. I can't open the door. I don't know what to do. And you came out, and I'm like, I need your help. This bird has both of my hands. And I remember you were thinking, you told me, it was like, just smack it against the wall. And I was like, well, I can't do that. It's not the bird's fault. It's trying to eat my hand. It's just something has snapped in it. Yeah. And yeah, and eventually what had happened was uh, somebody came through a door yeah. and the door startled it and it, it flapped and it let go. But that's, I feel that's the conundrum that we're in is that I really love this bird of prey. I it's... don't want it to eat my hand yeah. or cause me pain. But we have to find a way to alleviate the situation. So we have to find someone to surprise the eagles. And and that's one of the things in this article that ends up happening is that the farmer gets a depredation permit, not to kill the eagles, Mm. but to go out and shoot these guns that have a special firework that doesn't Uh. hit the eagles, but it makes noise. And that's great when you shoot it at the eagle, but when you have like several dozen bald eagles checking out your thousands of chickens... You just basically have to be out on your property it's, all day long chasing eagles. And I'm sure this is no comfort to anyone involved, but it's this very interesting idea of, oh, we want to be touchy-feely about nature, and we want our chickens to run wild and free, but we don't want eagles to be hunted. And yeah, I, it's this, There's no good way to solve we're, this we're, problem. It's, yeah, we're trying to Im- impose a human morality I on... Just, I just want everybody to read this article in the New York Times because if you're like me and you have like grown yeah. up with the whole thing of like, oh, people were persecuting birds of prey ill right. wrongly, it wasn't completely wrong. Yeah. And we're going to have to find a way to deal with this situation. And mm. I fear that we're going to have to deal with a situation that's not optimal. Yeah. I.e., there may be birds. Yeah. Because no, I mean, like... This farm looked into everything. This farm even looked into, can we just put a giant <sighs> net over I the I mean, chickens? like, we, I, I think we've made jokes about this before on the podcast. It's like, there are coyotes near our neighborhood. There are coyotes that live in... We live in urban Minneapolis. We have coyotes. Yeah, we're on the there. edges. And, like, we made fun of this guy for being, like, w- there's a path we walk. Oh, and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, watch out for coyotes. And this guy, and we've seen them. Yeah. And this is not, you know, they're fucking coyotes. These are wild animals. I just I just want to clarify, we have regular coyotes in our neighborhood. Yeah. We do not have the kai wolves that maybe No, we seen. don't have we like We don't have the the coyote wolves. No, we I, have if there regular were coyotes. if somebody told me like if there was wolves move into uptown Minneapolis, I'd be like fucking kill those guys and get them out of here. That no. wolves are not No, I do not want wolves in our neighborhood. Anyway, but we make fun of the guy who was like on our jogging path and was like screaming and 
as he was jogging and waving a giant tree branch. It's like, yeah, this is nature. These are not... Well, and we have coyotes. We this don't... is not a fucking petting zoo or an animatronics. It's like, yeah, this is these are wild animals who are trying to Why live and survive. Why would you want to kill wolves in Minneapolis? They're not going to do anything to you. You say that, but you know I walk home at night along our, our path. And yeah, they're, just not, like... they, they're not interested in you. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're not interested in you. They know that you're too big and too tough to chew. <laughs> you're you're far more likely, you, Mr. Steitler, right. are far more likely to be hit by a car. Yeah, because there's cars in our neighborhood. Yeah. There are no wolves in our neighborhood. That you know of. You know the reason why people don't get killed by wolves anymore? Because they ain't wolves no more. No, we've got a lot of wolves in Minnesota. <laughs> not where I live. Anyway. There are wolves in the northern metro area of the Twin Cities. Anyway, so that's my point. There is are... That we, as, we, as we try to be more touchy... Oh, we need more nature and more wild spaces. This is something we have to do. Maybe with. someone who's been killed by a wolf recently. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. She was a friend of mine. <laughs> this is Bird Chick Podcast number 217. If you have any questions about what we've talked about, they are on the birdchick.com blog. You can talk to Sharon. She is at Birdchick on Twitter. You can email her, Sharon, at Birdchick. You can find her on the Faces book. And we'll be back soon. Take care. You can tell Bill he doesn't know what he's talking about wolves on Twitter. <laughs>